What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always, though the as always has been very rare as of late, because I know we haven't released an episode in well over a month And there's no one to blame except for me on that one. Sorry. But first things first, remember, if you are a true supporter of the show, this is something that I do in every episode, which is to say uh, we are supported by the fans. So go to patreon.com slash kind of neat if you are a weekly listener and a weekly supporter and you love the music videos and you love the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash kind of neat and pledge about a dollar an episode. Don't pledge 20 so that I have to email you and tell you like, yo, if you pledge 20 bucks, then you're going to be spending 80 every month. And that's too much. Like that's more than HBO go like just fucking pledge a dollar episode the, at the most that'll ever be is four dollars a month. And it helps greatly. And we appreciate it. Thank you to everyone that does that. I love you so much. Uh, that being said. It's been a long month. It's been a long month off. We have been having some issues with scheduling. For some reason, I'm on a real cold streak, or I guess I'm on a hot streak of flakiness. Like For some reason, I've had six artists in the last um, two months of booking these flake on me. Like About three of them have flaked while we're in the studio waiting for them, and it's very disheartening. I I don't really know why it's happening. It's a pain in the dick, and then sometimes after... They do it after they, like, don't show up. Then they just stop responding to emails afterwards. And I don't really understand that. I think I'm a pretty, like, personable guy and pretty understanding. So it's like, ugh, why do that? I'll tell you this. Let me tell you something about life. Let me tell you something about communication. I'm a firm believer that uh, a no is better than no response. If somebody hits you up and says, hey, you know, da-da-da-da-da, we should do this, we should do that, and you're not interested, just go, hey, you know what, I'm going to have to pass. But don't just, like, not respond. Or, like, if if it's like, hey, uh, if somebody hits you up, like, hey, uh, should I keep pursuing this? Or does that flake mean you're not interested? Just say, like, mm, I'll just reach back and go, yo, man, sorry about that. But, nah, I'm going to I'm not going to not going to do it. I'll be like, cool. That saves everybody time because then I don't have to follow up no more or you don't have to follow up no more. Anybody. Uh, and it's just like it's just good communication. Just be a good communicator. Um, so. In the last month, I have been traveling a little bit for photography. That's been picking back up. Uh, I've been shooting a lot of my own shots for uh, various blog features that I've been doing. And that's been fun, getting back into the photo stuff, which I haven't really been doing uh, as far as like actually picking up the camera to shoot. I haven't really done that in, like I don't know, 10 years or something. So that feels kind of nice. I, I'm like slowly building up a little body of work all of a sudden, which is pretty cool. Shooting people like, uh, you know, Daye Jack and uh, shooting like Denzel Curry and all these folks. So it's been cool. Uh, I had a funny story that I wanted to tell you that I wrote that I wrote down. And so I'm going to get into that and then we'll get into the guest today. Um, So last month uh, I went to Florida for a photo shoot. And the day before I was leaving, it was a weekend, and on Sundays in my neighborhood, you can park all day, like, risk-free, no parking tickets, no moving, no street sweeping. You know, most of the areas around my neighborhood are, like, two-hour parking, which is a real bitch because I don't have a parking space. I've talked about that in the past. Uh, It is a hassle, uh, but I, I make do. And so I found a parking space on this side street 
uh, and left my car there. Uh, I left it there Saturday. It's an all-day spot, so I left it there Saturday, and then I left it all day, all day there Sunday and um, just walked various places if I needed to leave the house. And when I went to go move my car on Monday because I had some various chore to do, um, I noticed that my car was surrounded in yellow caution tape and had, like, roadblocks set up around it and cones. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? And I was parked next to, like, a big dumpster, but, like, a portable dumpster. And uh, and as I get closer, there are signs on the dumpster that say, like, it, it just in, like, printer paper in big, bold letters, don't park 20 feet from dumpster, construction zone, don't park. And then I get closer, and there's shit taped to the back of my car. Uh, there's one of those printouts from just, like I'm saying, like a home computer printer that says, construction zone don't park within 20 feet and they taped it to my fucking trunk and then i get to the front of my car and they had taped all four sides of that same piece of printed paper to my windshield and then this is all with clear packing tape and then they fucking tape a big ass x of clear packing tape across my windshield and at this point i'm like yo this is fucked up and this is also just like petty and like blatant like but the other thing about it was I knew it wasn't some city shit because there were no parking tickets on my shit. But beyond that, like, if it were something where I was actually parking in a zone that was, like, a city construction, they would have just towed my shit. They wouldn't have put construction tape around it, and they wouldn't have taped—they wouldn't have touched my car because that's fucking vandalism, you know? And so my brain is processing all this as I'm, like, looking at this petty shit. I start calculating what I'm going to do to for retaliation because i'm like this is clearly just some like bullshit construction workers that are salty that i parked in a fucking legal parking spot that's too close to their dumpster over the weekend and it's some foul shit so i was like all right here's what i'm gonna do i was oh i remember what i was doing i was going to do laundry and so i take my laundry and i just at first i just politely like move the I move the cones and move the roadblocks and get my car out of the caution tape and I just put everything gently next to the uh, the dumpster and and then I dipped out because I was like I don't know who's watching and it was like a it was a Sunday and there's people out walking around and shit so uh so I just I, I did I did everything really polite because I'm a nice person and then I drive to the laundromat do my do my clothes blah 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 come back and park while my stuff is in the the washer, I'm like, you know what? I thought about it more, and I was like, this is some fucking bullshit. Like, these are just some asshole construction workers. I'm going to go back there, and, like, they fucked with my shit. I'm going to fuck with their shit. So I go back, and I take all the roadblocks and the cones and all the caution tape and shit. Uh, first and foremost, I rip off the signs that say no parking near this dumpster or whatever. I rip those off, throw them in the dumpster. Because here's the thing is, like, you shouldn't put shit protecting a dumpster near a dumpster because a dumpster is just a big ass trash can and so i lifted up the roadblocks and i threw those in the dumpster and then i lifted up the cones and i threw those in the dumpster and i ripped down all the caution tape and i threw those in the dumpster and then i walked back to my apartment and nobody was any was no one was any the wiser and then um and part of the reason that I was down to do this, like I had I had done all these calculations in my head of like, hmm, I wonder if these construction workers wrote down like my license plate number or like my make and model or something like uh, if I park too close, are they going to come try to retaliate on my shit? And I was like, none of this really matters because it's Sunday and on Monday I'm leaving for Florida for a week and my car's not going to be anywhere near this neighborhood. And by the time I get back, they'll forget. 
So, like I said, I threw all that shit away. And then uh, I continue on throughout my day, go to do my laundry, et cetera, et cetera. And, but I keep like kind of looking back and walking through this alleyway to go see if like anybody has done anything um, or taken the shit out of the, out of the dumpster. And by the time I'm done folding my dried clothes, so this is probably about two hours later, uh, coming back to my crib, I'm driving back. Uh, I noticed that there was a Mini Cooper parked in the spot that I was parked in initially and all is fine and well. I'm like, see, if you leave a spot open that looks legal in a neighborhood, people are going to park in that because street parking in Los Angeles is a rare commodity. So I see that Mini Cooper go back to my house. I'm like, good. Somebody parked there. Fuck those construction workers. The next morning I drive by on my way to the gym just to look at it. Somebody had gone in there, pulled out all that shit out of the dumpster, and they did the same motherfucking thing to that Mini Cooper. They had it flagged off with roadblocks and caution tape and had taped shit to their car, too. And I was like, ooh, those motherfuckers. Uh, and then after the gym, I flew to Florida, and then I had a, a, a week of sunny Floridian photography action. That's the end of that story. Kind of didn't really come to a great climax, but the point is don't be petty. Like be nice to people. Don't don't fuck with people's cars. Like it's some foul shit. Um so anyway, I'm glad to be back. I th- I know last time like two episodes ago on the Earth Gang episode I said that, "Oh, we're going to be on a roll. I've got all these episodes booked." And I don't know. Right now it looks like that again. It seems like I have a lot of episodes booked. I've got this one today. It looks like I have one coming up on the weekend and the week after that. Like It seems like I'm going to be on a roll. But if I've learned anything about this show, it's that any time that I think it's comfortable and getting back into a, a cruise control position, anything could go wrong. So hope I'm hoping that uh, we'll get a few episodes out in a row, uh, in, in, like week by week to you guys. I'm sorry that I have not been doing that. I uh, It's not that I am not dedicated to this. I promise you that. I work very hard trying to make these happen. It's just there's been some unfortunate circumstances that have not been working out for some reason. But there are new episodes in the works, I think, hope, and believe. Uh, but today's episode is a young lady named Jizzle. And uh, full disclosure, usually I do these intros after um, I do the interview, but today I'm doing it before because we got here a little early. Um, So I haven't had the conversation yet, but I'm imagining that it's probably going to go great and uh, that it was a great conversation that you guys are going to get to listen to. But what I know about her right now is that she is a rapper with a very... Uh, just deep and aggressive sounding voice and she's a great songwriter and from my understanding she has written for a lot of artists including Ty Dolla Sign and Diddy and yesterday she just had uh, a video come out with Lupe Fiasco and so she's out here doing it she has a great mixtape called um, Seven Days in Atlanta and I think she has another one coming out called Seven Days in Denver Um, she has a bunch of she has a bunch of tapes coming out that are like seven days in different cities and uh, I think by the end of this year, we're going to be hearing more and more about Jizzle because uh, she's super talented and clearly a very fucking good songwriter. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jizzle. You're from out here, yeah? From California? Yeah, I'm from L.A. What Los part? Angeles. I grew up on the west side of South Central. Uh, I heard you on one of the tracks, you, you shout out the Ocho, right? Yeah. Is that like 108th, uh, 108th Street? 
uh, is actually uh, it's actually 38th Street. Uh, I grew up on Exposition. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, you know, the 8, the Ocho. Right. You know what I'm saying? How did your family end up in Southern California? Well, uh, half of my family is Belizean. Half of my family is from Southern United States of right, America, right, right. like Texas, right. Louisiana, like a variation of that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, right. we all just kind of came to so California just born to get out the here. sun. Yeah, yeah, I'm from, I'm from L.A. From yeah. L.A. Yeah. yeah, born and raised. How was it growing up in West South Central? What uh, was, was it cool. like? Tell it was me about interesting. it. I feel like if you, um, I've always been very thankful to kind of have direction very early and kind of know what I wanted to do and what I thought I wanted to be at a young age. And so it wasn't as hard or as difficult as it looked like in the movies. Like navigating. Yeah. Right. Not, but, um, you know, uh, I had fun. I feel right. like it was cool. But I, I also know that I was very fortunate to end up you know, just the way I ended up, right. like, to come in. Well, how young were you when you knew what you wanted to do? Um, I was probably about 12. Really? Some of my family members would tell me differently now. They were like, you were younger, you don't know. Right. But I feel like I was, like, 11, 11 or 12 years old, and uh, I did a poetry reading, and... um your own work or somebody else's work? Not my own work. Oh, okay, I, um, yeah. I, I've been writing. I started writing when I was about... And it's so weird to talk about because it's like, how you know when you started writing? But right. I like, I started writing in like the seventh grade, no, no, second grade, second grade. when I was seven years old. Yeah. And I, I actually used to write my dad, who was in jail at uh, the time. Yeah. Me and him would write letters. Uh-huh. And then um, I started writing in school. I would just write poetry because they would have us do like journal readings. And then that kind of turned into me just writing poetry. Uh-huh. So I used to write poetry. And then when I got to the sixth grade, I had a teacher. I was kind of like, I wasn't failing, but I wasn't getting an A or a B, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted. And uh, she told me if I do the poetry reading as extra credit, then she'll give me an A in the class. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll do it. Fuck mm-hmm. it, you know? And then, uh, so I I thought about it, and I was like, well, I don't want to really do a poem. I'd rather do a rap, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> right. And so I... That's when I tried to write my first rap, and then I wrote my my rap, and I rapped it at the reading, and then once I performed it, and everybody like kind of clapped and did the thing. And that was your first Billboard yeah. chart topic. Yeah, they were like encore, encore. I'm like, okay, well, I got something. I'm gonna stick to it, you know. And then yeah, like, did they really ask for the encore? They, they was did. Like, oh no, oh, shit. I promise. Uh, yeah. Scouts on it. Really? Never lie. Did you have a, Did you have more bars on deck? I, I just rapped the song again. I just did it again. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you yeah. remember what it was about? Like, not you don't have to recite it, but just like no, I do. Summarize I it. do actually. It was called "God's Got a Plan." Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I don't remember all the words, but uh-huh. it was just like gonna take you from New York all across the land. Yeah, something, something, something. Because God's got, got a plan. plan. Hell yeah! And that was my first rap song. Nice, and I feel like it's true. That's uh, that's amazing. That that really was very early on. You knew what you wanted to do. So I did. Did you start um, following that path immediately? Then, like, were you, did you just keep writing and writing and writing and, and I did. recording? Well, I didn't really get into the studio until I turned like fourteen. 
So oh, maybe oh, like, until you turned fourteen, like, like uh, yeah. You, why'd you wait so long? No, I'm just, <laughs> that's very. But young. you know, but I did wait. I did wait because I did, I didn't even really rap for people, you yeah. know, outside of who was in the room, which right. were like my parents, the people who attended the reading. I didn't rap for other people for like two years till uh-huh. I was like fourteen, and I felt like I was good. Uh-huh. And that's what I started battling around the city. Really? Uh, yeah, me and my uncle, we had a we we made a group and we were right together. I have an uncle who's only two years older than me. Right. He's also a part of my team. Shout yeah. out to Go. But yeah, help me. You know, we would help each other develop like our writing skills. So we wrote together for like two years before we rap for anybody. What, what was you guys' group we name? Uh, we had a couple. Yeah. Well, were uh, they any good? Yeah, they were super good. Yeah. We had like, well, when, it was just me and him together. We Our group was called You and I. Really? Yeah, before you before and I. Before the other You and it I. It was crazy. Really? Thurs, shout out my bro Thurs, hey, shout, shout out, out Thurs, Giannis. that's my homie too. Nah, hey, Thurs we've had is my bro. on the show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Those are my people. Yeah, family. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we, we kind of had the name first, but we let it ride. You Ooh. know what I'm saying? Ooh. We were kids, yeah, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. And we just thought it was cool. We actually made a song called that, and then we're like, oh, that'd be a dope group name. Right. And then we also had a collective called The Boogie, and then my uncle went on to have his own group, Yeah. which I, um, kind of dropped out a little bit because I wanted to do more of the rap thing and right. they were in an experimental phase and they went on to like tour the world and what kind of experimental phase like they, they just did like you know like kind of they just kind of explore with the music yeah. I just wanted to gas you right. know what I'm saying right. all gas no breaks right but yeah so, so yeah you brought up an interesting point earlier, like growing up in South Central, there's so many movies made about it. And you're like, oh, yeah. it wasn't like the movies. And yeah. The people that listen to this show get tired of me saying this, but I grew up in Alaska. Right. And so like, <laughs> there's so many TV shows about Alaska and they're not like the reality of Alaska whatsoever. Well, what the hell is Alaska like? I, Alaska- I have one friend, though, who lived in Alaska for really? like two years. I- I'll tell you, it's like. It's the same way that somebody would ask you, what's it like growing up in South Central is what I would say. It's it's normal. Like, it's yeah. just what I knew. You know what I mean? It's just a small rural area where I was at. You know, yeah. trailer parks and shit, normal middle class shit, whatever. But, like, yeah, how's that, like, uh, watching the representations of South Central in the movies compared to real life as a kid? What What is that? How does that make you feel about your hometown? Was different because, like, in some instances, it's accurate. You right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then in other instances, it's like, it's, a, it's exaggerated right. or elaborate. And it's not something that should scare you as, you know, you're not probably be just as scared living wherever you grew right. up. And there were different type of things going on in the environment. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I never really thought about where I was well you know when I grew up I never it, did, it wasn't a thing until I became older and people would ask you like oh shit where are you from, from? where yeah. did you grow up oh my god you're cool where are you from right right you know and then it's like oh you from there I don't know that many cool people from there uh-huh. or I do I know super cool people from there so I think it's all context and point of reference but um for me you know I'm just a soul who came here to have an experience yeah, you know totally. and it's just my experience right um, did you have a lot of family down there out here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of my family's here. A lot of my family is everywhere. Right. I, I have a huge family, so. Did you get to travel a lot as a kid everywhere. to other places where your family was at? Uh, yeah, I, I've I've traveled a lot through my whole life. Well, that's I'm sure like, at this point, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's like that's it's so funny. That was um, 
that's always something that's always been near and dear to me. I'm happy to have that experience of traveling and and being in different environments and seeing different people so early. You know, right. I think I flew on the plane for the first time when I was like eight years old. Right. I know some people do it earlier, some people never do it, but that was always a good thing for me because I'm not scared of it. Right. And I, you know, that helps me. You get to experience the world. You be cosmopolitan. You feel me? Chameleon. A lot of people, yeah. A lot of people were scared to fly. Right. Right. So you said uh, dad was in jail, and you guys would write letters. So were you at home living at mom's house then? Uh, yeah. What is she? Well, yeah. Well, my grandmother raised me, so I um, I lived I lived with my mom. We kind of all lived together growing up. Um, up until I was about eight or nine, and then I just lived with my grandmother. She got sick, and so. What kind um, of sick? She had like a heart attack at that time. Oh, like a minor heart attack, yeah. yeah. And then, and then uh, I kind of stayed to kind of help, help her out. out. You know what I'm saying? And so you had siblings living there too. Well, yeah. yeah. Bro- how many brothers and sisters? I have two brothers and sisters. Oh, are you the older? Three god brothers. I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. I just read some. I'm an older brother too, and I just read some study that says like we're the smarter children. Like, in, in statistically speaking, <laughs> the oldest children are smarter than their siblings because we get more uh, alone time with adults. Uh, maybe I. I don't know. My <laughs> my baby sister's a genius. Is she smart? Yeah, really? Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah, are you, my are you little cl- brother's pretty smart. You're close with them, or are you guys close in age? Uh, no, no. Well, I'm I'm four years older than my little brother. Yeah, and six years older than my little sister. That's but, not that bad. Yeah, no, it's not yeah. bad. We're we're close, like in relationships. So nice. it's all good. Yeah, they know what time it is. Right, right. Um, so what did the like? So you're living at your grandmother's house. Was your grandfather there? Well, my grandma, my grandfather, they weren't together, and I, this was my mother's mom. Yeah, and so they weren't together, but my grandfather would be there. Okay, and what what did the the adult influences in your life like? What did they do for careers or work or what have you? You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to just figure out the the experience that you how had. Yeah, yeah. How did Jizzle become Jizzle? What are you doing? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I've always like I've always had like close relationships to like older people. Yeah. Which you go back, like, what brings back to your point with being the oldest. I've always gotten along very well with adults and right. older adults. I've always respected my elders. And there you go. Understood that they did have something to teach me and offer to me. They always thought I was just, you know, even and not like as crazy as the kids sometimes. Because right. I, I was very observant. But um, I did. Have, I do have family members in the music industry, like my aunt. Yeah. My dad's little sister, Cognac, uh, she was in Doggy's Angels, which was a group signed to Snoop Dogg when I was like 13. So I was able to go to the video shoots and to the studio. And I used to write, me and my uncle, we would write to her beats, like whatever little beats she had Mm -hmm. on her cassette tape. Battle Cat beats. Shout out Battle Cat. Yeah. Uh, So that's what I'm saying. Like, see, you had like a little bit of your like outlier experience where you're getting to see some stuff. Oh, yeah, all the time. I had my other cousin sign a death row. Really? Yeah. Like, Suge Knight came to my grandma's house. There you go. Like, yeah, you know. So I had like introductions to the game and just being around the things. And then maybe sometimes you don't apply it. But maybe so. Because that whole time, I was like writing my songs on the computer, you know, downloading all my beats in the computer. In the house, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, when you're a 12 year old writing your first raps and shit, who were the rappers that you looked up to that made you want to that made you want to gas? Lil Wayne. Yeah. For me, Lil Wayne. But I would listen to everything. I was like, 
heavy into just downloading music. Yeah. I know uh, Most Deaf and Feral Monts was... Is that, that like where you got you and I from? they up and they did a thing. You know what? I don't know. You and I verse. I remember that, yeah, that Black Star song where they talk yeah. about you and I. Yeah, I, was like, I don't know, but yeah. I know I was listening to them. Yeah. I, was, I was listening to everything. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, I was downloading all the songs and selling the mixtapes when, like, Dipset and State Property were beefing. And, like, yeah. like I was up on all the beefs and, like, ah, nah, this is what you need to hear. You right. know, I made my whole school rap so I could rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, so w- by the time you get in the studio when you're 14, like, who who, st- who gave you the studio time? Who like My grandma. Yeah. My grandma on my dad's side. My grandma, she paid for my. St- she paid for it was our studio time. Me and my uncle were in the group. She would take us to the studio. Where was it at? Uh, Orange County. All the way to Orange County. Yeah, we were we were living in uh, Rialto. Okay, I was going to Rancho Cucamonga. She would drive us to Orange County. Yeah, it was like thirty forty minutes. Uh huh. And wait in the car for us for four hours, reading the newspaper. Really? Yeah, while we rap. How many songs did you get done in three or four hours? Probably like four. Really? Yeah. And you guys already had beats on deck and just was like already written and it was just kind of the recording process. Well, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Well, sometimes we yeah. were, we went for the first few times. It was a producer named Rhythm D. Uh-huh. He's kind of like a legend out here. Uh, it worked like, uh, older artists, okay. like Easy and everything. I don't know back then. Right. Whatever right. it was. She right. paid him to do our demo, so. How did, how did she know him? She met him probably. You know, my grandma, my grandma's one of those people, you know, you tell her what you want to do. She's going to figure she it out. She figured it out. Yeah. And so that first time in the studio, was it life changing? I mean, tell me about it. I don't know. I just was like, I'm in the studio. I don't even remember, just man. I've normal. been in the studio so long. Well, that's, now. The, that's what I'm kind of getting at is that now it seems like. Like now I'm like, it's I been don't your know. life for so long. Well, yeah. So like now the studio is like breathing. It's that's like just, I got to go every day. Like, right. I don't you're know. just in the it's studio. Like I don't, you know, it's like you play basketball. Like I, I just came from the studio, came over here. Right. When I leave here, I'm going to go back to the studio. And, and then you just I'm got go back from club. Denver when you were in the in studio. In the studio. Yeah. Like I just, I really just mapped my life around studio and then. Yeah. Everything else is whatever, you know? Has that kind of creative drive just always been there? Like, ever since you started, it seems like you don't stop writing, right? I don't think so. Like, now I just, like, I think back then I I would just, back then I wrote so much. I just remember that. Like, it was because I didn't have enough beats and I didn't know enough people. I didn't have enough studio time. I just didn't. And now I'm like... Now I just don't have enough of everything else. You know what I'm saying? Enough time. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, you know, I go to the studio because it just gives me that feeling and I know what I'm supposed to do there. And so, like, you know. Right. It's just just a different process, but it's the same thing, I guess. I don't know. Ideas. Right. Um, Well, take me through the journey then. How long is it before um, things start popping off and artists start reaching out to you and labels or whatever? You know what I mean? So you're a 14-year-old. You're recording demos with your uncle. And, and, and like, I mean, do you get through high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I get to, like, my junior year. Yeah. uh, And then my junior year, I went to – the rehearsal for the Yeah video shoot with Usher. Oh shit! And then I, um, my god mom was managing me at the time. Yeah. I, uh, I battled Usher's dancer because at this point I'm battling now, battling around the city. Um, Dancing any, or anywhere. rapping? 
rapping. Rapping. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I can't really dance. Well, because you were I like, gotta, I, I, I battled his dancer, and I'm but like, but I did because you yeah. know everybody. We, they were all you know, rap. Everybody rap. exactly. Yeah. So his his dancer was like the best freestyler. Okay, I was freestyle battling too. So was it over beats? That was fly. I I don't know if we had a beat at that time. because yeah. because it was a rehearsal hall. Right, right. So I, I think it was just acapella. Right. And but, this your uh, junior year, you said. Yeah, my okay. junior year. Okay. I almost failed uh damn driver's training. Right. He almost kicked me out because I missed too many days. You go for a week so uh-huh. you can get your license early. Right, right. And then I, I, I'm like, bro, I got to go to this video shoot. Like, You're I don't like, know what you want me to do. <laughs> Sorry, man. I got rap battles. <laughs> like, it's far more important. I'm like, I got to go. Right. And he was just like, well, I don't know. But then I think he, I just annoyed him so much in class. He was right. just like, here, you could. So what know. happens at the battle? Did you just. Uh, I beat him in the battle. And yeah. the Usher was, uh, and Mark Pitts were there. And they uh-huh. were like, we want to sign you. And uh, they didn't. Right. <laughs> but it was because. Uh, no one knew how huge, or maybe they did, but Confessions would be that right, album. Right. It was phenomenal, right. huge, incredible. I mean, you were at the the rehearsal for like it, his, yeah. his biggest song, almost arguably, exactly. like his huge song. Yeah. So it was like they didn't really have the infrastructure. This is a uh, pre Justin Bieber, and, right. you know. Uh, Rico Love was there, but new, and it was just. You know, it was very, very early, and then so we realized that wasn't really going to happen, and so we tried, you know, we start shopping me, right. yeah, the brand, Wait. the music, or whatever, and uh, got offers on the table. Eventually, I thought I would sign uh, For Real, uh-huh. which is Kuda Love's label. He um, used to manage Mace, and right. he also discovered Nelly, and uh, I just caught a good vibe with Kuda, and he was actually the person... The first person that ever asked me if I thought that I could write for other people. And right. so he. Because that's become a major part of your life and career yeah, to this it did. point, right? It really yeah. Yeah, it did. And he was, and I was like, bro, I don't know, but I'll try. So he was the first person to even kind of open that world to me. Right. Which, um, you know, I'm always forever grateful for. But I also did turn that deal down eventually. With, with Kuda? Yeah. Okay. So then what happened? I mean, this is still like while you're pretty much in high school or what? Yeah. Uh, at this point, I'm a senior in high school, freshman in college. And you're getting deals thrown at you at that point. Yeah. Where'd you decide to go to college? Uh, I just went to Northridge. I went to Cal State Northridge. Yeah, right. Shout out to Matadors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not like that. Not that I just went, but I wasn't really, I always knew what I wanted to do. I knew right. what I wanted to do since I was 12 years old. College was an afterthought. Right. Kinda, you know what right. I'm saying? But, um, so after, I enjoyed my time there. Right. So you're getting these brushes with the industry, but you're also in college and not head's not fully in there. So what's the next move? I just wrote songs through the yeah. whole thing. Right. Uh, in that time, I wrote songs for Snoop Dogg, Queen Latifah. Um, uh, how does that kind of stuff happen? That this is the, so. This is the yeah. kind of like inside <laughs> baseball stuff that I think yeah. I, I, that I know that I want to hear because I don't even know how that works. Like I get it. Like to write a song for another person, it it takes a. It, it takes a definite talent and like uh, being able to kind of probably remove yourself from it uh, and think from somebody else's perspective, but also just like the behind the scenes of like how do you get invited to work with Snoop is like really interesting as well. I'm sure. So it's like if you don't, it's hard to like pinpoint every single step. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, the butterfly yeah. effect, right? In, right. In, in, right. In, in that aspect, like. But what it takes to do that is to be consistent. Yeah. 
to show up um, relatively on time, always on time. We're not going to talk about this. You know <laughs> hey, I don't hold that. I don't yeah. hold that against you. <laughs> but no, to be consistent, to show up on time, uh, to be in the space where you're open to playing whatever role is necessary while you're in the room. Which is so hard from a lot of artists, I think, probably, is like swallowing that pride and being able to be that team player or play that role, you know? Yeah. Right? I, th- I think so, yeah. Sometimes, like, for me, I never, you know, I, I don't, I'm a little different in the aspect that I don't think about things, I guess, that most people think about it is. Like, for me, I just want to be the best version of myself so I could be in a room with anybody and I, I'm not really worried about what they're doing or what their agenda is. I uh-huh. just need to bring the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? I just got to bring yeah. the jizzle to the room. Right. I can't do anything else. And so I, I've, I learned that very early that you're your only competition. Right. You're only competing to be better than you were yesterday. Right. So, whoever's in the room that shouldn't affect you and what you do and so you it's easier to lose the ego if you are in a room with a full of people who are quote unquote better than you right. quote unquote more famous than you right. quote unquote more talented than you you know all these quotes because at the end of the day you know you have to focus on being the best you and bringing the best you to the world every that- day and so you know, and you figured that out as like a twenty year old or what? Yeah, I think so. That's so crazy. I like, but, 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 I mean, I don't know, but I but I had like a lot of good mentors. When you hang out with older people, yeah, like you said, yeah. being the oldest and being around older yeah. people and having those things. Like my grandfather is a supremely intelligent being, and you know, he was a bodybuilder and just you know these things, and he just would always talk to me, but not talk to me like. A child, he would talk, talk to me down. like yeah, he would talk to me like an adult. Like, right. what do you want to do? And present realities to me, right? And try to show me what I should understand about these different worlds that I would grow up to navigate. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like that's all it's about. Like I figure out the direction I want to go in. I halfway know my purpose, but I'm still figuring it out. That part I could go through. I understand what I'm talented at. I know I have to work hard for for it. You know, half of my family is immigrants. Half of my family is poor. Some are well-to-do. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I understand all these dynamics. I just now I have to apply everything. But I have to, you know, I also have to maintain a supreme amount of faith mm-hmm. and be willing to work and work through not seeing results sometimes and uh i think you know with hard work meets preparation opportunity as a kid as as this 20 year old getting in the studio with people like queen latifah and snoop dogg these legends right yeah like how how do you know your role like when it's your turn to like kind of go hey i have this idea that i think is going to work and get that kind of like the confidence to say that and then how but then also like the right time to pull back and just be the fly on the wall and observe like how, how as a as a youth how do you how did you inherently understand that well as a youth you have to have some cooth they can't teach class baby right i don't know like that's one of those things you got to try and find your like yeah 
You know, life is about finding your rhythm, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I'm not telling you that what works for me is going to work for you. Totally. Because that would be a lie. I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just like, but you have to try to achieve some level of self-awareness that makes you confident enough to go out into this world and know that you're valuable. Your Mm. opinion is valuable. You know what I'm saying? Your presence is valuable. Your thoughts, your intellect, just it's valuable. But but you can't give it to everybody because everybody doesn't know the value of something. Mm. You know, and that that's just but you it's trial and error. Like there's no shortcuts in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I won't even attempt Right. To act like I could give you that one-on-one, like, hey, well, if he does this and he smirks, uh, he's probably not feeling it. Do you have Because you any- never know. Sometimes you misread it, but that, but you want to study things. Like, you want to be a student mm-hmm. of life. If you know what you want to do with your life, you want to be a student of that and focus on your strengths mm-hmm. and not your weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? Because then you'll just develop your weaknesses when you could have been focusing on your strengths. So it's like... If you see what works, do what works. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'll know yourself well enough, like, boom, oh, this is going to work for that. This is going to work for that. But, it, you know, that's why old people don't tell you everything. They're like, you got to go and hit your head now. But do you have any good trial and error stories? Maybe like something where you're like, oh, I understand this works. And like maybe a good like, oh, whoops, I fucked up story without like snitching on yourself too much. <laughs> uh. I I would say for me, I know that going in and I do a certain amount of things to kind of keep balanced every day, Mm -hmm. to stay in tune every day. I know when I'm doing all the things that keep me balanced, keep me underwhelmed and uh, just authentic to myself, that's when I do my best, when I'm not trying hard. When I'm not going out of my way, you know, to provide input if I don't have any or Mm. to do anything like that. Uh, When I'm just being me, like authentically me, no matter what it is, that could be extra. Mm. I could come in there like turned up like, hey, but if that's where I'm at, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if I come in and try to be like, hey, but I'm not turned up, You're and I'm like, it. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then that doesn't work. And right. I, I think that's that's always the key. I feel like people always know what they're supposed to do. It's just about if you're going to do it or not, you know? Yeah. I kind of get this sense of you that you're just extraordinarily comfortable in your own skin, which is such a rarity uh, in a lot of human beings, you know? Uh, and... and I have a feeling that this question is not going to go anywhere because you're just going to be like, well, yeah, I am. And I, but I mean, has it always has it always been that way? Do you remember ever a time where you fucking felt awkward? Because you certainly don't give off any portrayal that you've ever been awkward. It's, you just seem, like I said, very comfortable. I was awkward very young, though. Yeah. You know, like as a, like a kid kid, you yeah. know, but I was always kind of comfortable with being awkward. Like, right. You know, like they cut off all my hair when I was like in the second grade. Why? And then sent me to school. It was just, it's, that's a long story, but. We got time, girl. Yeah. Well, I went to my grandma's house yeah. for the weekend. Uh-huh. 
came back home bald <laughs> and had to start a new school that uh, that that that, that week. week wow so you know my mom's trying to figure out how to get me some hair and then they're like well we can't you know what i mean and so they say oh michelle and deggy cello she's high right now don't worry about exactly it. <laughs> first of all not even out you know what i'm saying <laughs> So I go to, you know, and I went to the school and I remember going through like the kids. We used to play Power Rangers. Yeah. And for a long time, I had to be the Putty Patrol. I don't even know what that is. I'm too exactly. old for Power Rangers. See, yeah. I had to be the Putty Patrol and they were just these little bald kind of mm. <laughs> indiscriminate characters right. like, <laughs> that the Power Rangers would always beat up. They always died. Right. Like, you know. But then I remember, like, the year I was able to be the Yellow Ranger. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like you get involved. And I don't know. I feel like even that experience, you know, going through that, being the little bald girl. Right. Who was a tomboy. Who was still a girl. But still cool. Yeah. You know? I think that kind of just helped me to be more comfortable with who I am. And also realizing that uh, it's not changing. You know what I'm saying? It's not going anywhere. And, mm-hmm. um, I've always had the full support of my family. I remember when I was bald and uh, Halloween was kind of near that time, too. Mm-hmm. I was Casper. <laughs> 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 but I remember my cousins and everybody carrying me around, you know, mm-hmm. like a ghost. So mm-hmm. I, I remember just those things. Support, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no matter what, I felt like people always kind of felt who I was truly despite what's going on on the outside. Now I'm cool as hell. You see me. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? The dirt out, yeah. And I'm as cool as I feel and, yeah. you know, and it kind of coincides. And sometimes that has to catch up. So for any uh, child or person going through like that aqua phase, just know everything's temporary and you'll find your tribe. Uh, you know? I feel like you should also be a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> soon come, soon come. Hey, yeah, <laughs> very motivated. It's like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna record some. I'm gonna like listen to this recording, just like wake me up and feel good in the morning. Like you're gonna get through that awkward phase, Lee. Don't worry, one day you'll feel good about nah, yourself. No. But it's true though, you know. Yeah, what I'm nah, saying? for it's real. Like, because everything's not for everybody. Well, you know it's I mean? you know I, I've. I've talked to hundreds of artists on this show and just throughout uh, my my life of doing this and ve- being involved in the music scene. But it's rare when you it's rare to like meet somebody that's like you can tell that I don't I'm, I'm trying not trying to sound like I'm on your jock or something. But it's like you, do, you walk in and you have a presence or you could tell you're very comfortable with yourself. And a lot of people, I don't feel that way. I feel like, oh, this is a put on or this is an act. But that uh, that kind of um, essence and aura that you put out makes me feel like, oh, this is why people probably love working with her. And this is why she's written so many records for so many people, because like you're you, you feel like you're easy to have in a room. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I mean, also, you could co-sign that like maybe that is part of the reason. Yeah. I. You know, what? I, I you know. <laughs> All right. So you, I don't know what to say. You start, I just feel like, I, you know, I'm just I feel like I'm cool. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm cool enough. There you, you know, go. There like you go. if you don't want to be cool, I'm not going to press you. I don't mind if you you know what I'm saying? If you got an attitude, I'm not going to take it away. Right. Like I get it. You know, right. like. For that, and that's what I'm saying. You know, you go through all these things in life, mm-hmm. and at some point you get it. Mm-hmm. Some shit I get, mm-hmm. some I don't. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and and then, but those are the challenges, and those are the things that I'm trying to grow that we all go through. But like, mm-hmm. 
the basic human aspect of the, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like we all not going to be the same every day. And I think that maybe is what makes me easy to work with is because I just understand and I'm not about to press you if I don't. Like if we going to get that close then we will. If not then we won't, you know. Right. And life goes on. Um who was the first artist you wrote for where you're like, "Damn, this shit is really this is something." Was it Snoop? Yeah, it's always, always been something to right. me, you know, and not like something extraordinary. Like people just, you know, I don't know. It's like one thing. Like I said, I, I feel like if you if you're in the room, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. But everything that I do means something to me. Uh huh. That doesn't mean everything is huge. I know it's bigger to some people. Like, cause for the people that like, oh. That was crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that was tight. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you don't get starstruck probably, huh? I just, I've, a couple of times. Really? But I just feel like, yeah, you know, but it all means something to me. Like, yeah. I try to only do things and be a part of things that mean something to me. Things that I can stand on 20 years from now and be like, yeah, I did that. Right. And not like when it's like, well, I just did that for a check, so mm-hmm. it don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't ever want to do that. I want to do it. Like, I want to always... You know, I don't know. They'll vary between number ones and whatever and all that. Like, But it, I want it to always be something that really, like, affected change. Right. You know, so it all meant something. You know, it all – it does. It just means something to me every time. And I, well, so I to, try to only be a part of things that mean something. That's. I mean, I feel like that's a solid thing to – that's a solid goal is to, like, always be involved with something that means something to you. That seems like it would lead to a fucking very healthy life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like good for a good psychological um, homeostasis. But um, just to add some context to the conversation, tell the people like um, more of the folks that you have worked with, perhaps some songs that you've been involved with, just so people understand like what what it is that we're talking about, basically. Uh, I know it's a long list. You asked me this song. I I suck at this. Like every time. Yeah, I'm sure. But I've worked with, I was just trying Snoop. Yeah. Queen Latifah, Teddy Riley, Ty Dolla Sign, Chris Brown, uh, Kid Inc., Nicki Minaj, Meek Mill. I said Puff Daddy already, right? I said Always Puff, but girl. yeah, Puff. Um, Kanye West. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Boosie Badass. Oh, shit. Um, Iggy Azalea. Uh, this, this, this is not that's okay. I always forget Trey songs. Did I say that? You, no. Um, you're not even. You can't even tell at this point. You, you're not even listening. I'm fully involved in listening. Right. Trust me. Dang. Who? Oh, let me think. Lupe Fiasco. Oh, you just. Ha- I mentioned that on my intro. You just had yeah. a video come out where yeah. you're the featured artist on this Lupe yeah, song, right? Yeah, with Lupe. Yeah. Oh, we should go back. Features. Ti. You had a feature with Ti. Uh, yeah, you, oh, it's called Lazy. Yeah, yeah. No Featured on there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Twice. And then I've we written songs together. Nice. Um Okay, I've, that's not it, but I forgot. Legends. So I think what I know you most from or what I think Fileroy, 1500, okay. Terrace Martin. Oh yeah. I don't I never want to forget anybody. Is a le- for those of you listening, 1500 yeah. Nothing is a legendary production crew in, in Los oh, Angeles. And the best band in the Be- world. Great band, fantastic. Um I, I, do you do a lot? Like you do a lot of work with Ty, right? Did you work on Free TC a lot? Yeah, I did. Okay, so do you, you know Andy. The little, little of course, I just left the studio with Ty. 
Oh and shit! Andy was there. Andy's the, okay. So Andy, Andy love w- one of ponytail my, man. Yeah, little short ass Andy. So yeah. okay, look. <laughs> I have a connection. We have one degree of separation then because Andy used to be one of my best friend um, David's roommates. They lived together right down the street here um, in in Silver Lake. That's dope. Yeah, and so it, it's just funny because I would go um, over there for like whatever to hang out, and I'd be like, "Oh, Andy, what are you up to? Oh man, you know, just got out of the studio with Ty," and uh, he'd be like, "Yeah, he has these ladies out that write the raps and everything, and they're like hella cool." So I was, and I was always hearing about it, and then I read about it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is one of them. This is one that Andy was talking about." Uh, and so, tell me about right. Like Free TC is one of my favorite records of the last like three years, maybe. Like I love that record, and uh, I, it's like sensitive thuggery or something. Like it's so beautiful. So tell me about uh, the writing process with someone like Ty, who you work very closely with. Uh, well, Ty's my brother. It's just like you know, we we could finish each other's sentences, really, and, that, and that's kind of like. The thing we How'd just had him? that chemistry from the gate. We he's also from the west side of South Central. Yeah, so we have like a lot of common friends. Like we've been doing our thing uh, around the city for a while, and um, Ty was just it's so funny. His time he just wanted to work. And he would just always hit me like through our friends, and if he'd see me like let's work, let's work, and I'm like for sure, bro, we gonna work. Yeah. And at the time I was just rapping, you know what I'm saying, like right. just rapping on my shit in the studio. I'm in my studio every yeah. day, making three songs a day. Like I'm just trying wow. to rap and get better, you know. And I'm like, all right, okay, all right, I'm gonna do it. Then he finally has me. I finally go over there. Then he has me do this song like where he has me rapping like with a girl, like 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 a girl rapping about a dude, and I'm like, bro. <laughs> This not what I'm trying to do, bro. You know, <laughs> but I still did it because it was hard. Like right. you know, he's so incredible. He's like so musically talented, and right. then we just started working from there. Like you know, I, w- I would work with Ty every single day. We w- we would just work when we didn't even have anything to work on. It was no projects really. He was just starting to work and develop YG sound and mm. and all that very early. Then you know what I'm saying. We were just doing so many things, but we just always kept working. So I'm very grateful for him to even go out his way to kind of initiate that process and were you around so during like the, the, the tutored and booted days back yeah, then? yeah i was around but i was a little separated man i I was on my own thing okay kind of around the city just i was turned up um i remember seeing him perform like ty performing tutored and booted at the spliff yeah. Which was like a West Side, which was like a West LA thing over in like Westchester, kind of. Yeah, I remember that. You remember the spliff? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I used to go there all the time. Fucking Val the Vandal and Verbs yeah, used to throw yeah, that. Yeah, Val, Verbs. I think even, um, damn, what's bro used to be at the pit? Um, oh, um, Daylight? Daylight, too. I used to see him rap there as, yeah. uh, nah. I was thinking of the other DJ dude. Oh, Rob Shot. Rob? Rob no. It was another one. Okay, no. never mind. Damn, yeah. it's, it's a few. You know the scene. The scene. Yeah, West the, scene side. the scene is small. You yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah. so that was, that's damn near the a decade The scene is ago. actually big. It's huge, absolutely. But, but it's, you know everybody's got those connections. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So you've been with Ty for a hot while then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've been, we, we, um, we did. We've, we've done like every project together. Right. Um, it's my brother. Yeah, for sure. Always to the end of time. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. Working with someone as melodic as him is that does that come natural to you? Writing melodies and stuff too, or, or like you say a, a lot. When I hear you talk about writing, you talk about like I wanted to gas, I want to rap, I want to rap, lyrics, I want to rap. Yeah, 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 lyrics. And I, and I mean like listening to Seven Days in Atlanta, uh, it's 
pretty bar heavy like there's yeah. a lot of songs but a lot of raps there's a few melodies there's a few hooks but i mean overall it's pretty like straightforward rapping so um do you do, do you does, does melody come natural to you working with someone like ty or working with someone like ty or is it uh well a stretch? you know i mean he's definitely like i definitely if we're going to talk about the melody i'll definitely let him handle it you right. know what i'm saying it's like right. different specialties you okay, know what i'm yeah. saying like jujitsu right yeah, you know I mean judo. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying. So, so he might have a lead like, line, and then you come in with like. So it varies though. Yeah. Like with with everything, it always varies, and it's always about the song. What's uh-huh. gonna make the song best, and what comes through. Um, I'm definitely more of a lyric person. Like, the beat could be whack, but if you bust in, then I'll listen to it. Right. I know some people they can't even take it. Like if they put on the beat in ten seconds, it's horrible. They just don't even want to hear what the person is saying. Mm. For me, I just feel like you know lyrics are very important. And I try to do that and have that balance of melody. I do, um, you know, like to sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do that more, you know, now. But then that's also like you have to build your confidence with mm-hmm. that. I wasn't like coming in the room like well, we talked because- about earlier. Mm-hmm. Saying anything like, hey, sing this. Oh. Right, right. No, no. Like, but at the same time, that. like nowadays you know in the modern rap uh, uh, dichotomy, it seems like having a little bit of melody in your raps is just part of the fucking game now. You know what I mean? Like everybody sings while they rap, it seems like. But I've, yeah, I've always had yeah. like melody, but like it, I got bounce, you know, pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like there's other different technical things to rap that are a little bit lost in this age mm-hmm. uh, of rap. Mm-hmm. So what used to be melody or, or what melody is now was bounce, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what you're doing with that pocket, ins and outs, pickups, drop-offs, ad-libs, inflections, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I melody is necessary. I, I grew up on R&B. I love you know, New Jack Swing, Timberland and Missy, like heavy influences in my music still. Static Major, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, your writing process, uh, does it involve actually writing anymore? Uh, Yeah. You do? I, I write. I write on paper. Yeah. I write in my phone. I freestyle songs sometimes all the way down. Right. Uh, I'll do it line by line. Whatever it takes Just to, depends. To, to get the song done in the vibe. If I'm in a real, real crazy vibe, and sometimes you could tell uh, with Seven Days in Denver, I kind of got back into like the vibe, vibe, and freestyling like the whole tracks and stuff like really? that. So. Yeah. Are you always, always walking different. around like with uh, when random thoughts hit your head, just like plugging them into your phone and shit like that, so you don't forget? Yeah, I, I record a lot of voice notes and uh, then I write in my phone, but I usually never go back to them. So right, um, <laughs> so it's kind of pointless, but at least to get it out and then hopefully it just come back in my subconscious later on. You know right, or even if it's just like oh, one day you feel like out of ideas, like oh, maybe I go through this and see what yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah, it's very rare, but. Yeah, it's always cool to just get them out and have them. Well, so during the the eras where you're talking about, uh, oh, you know, I was just trying to work on my uh, work on my raps and get better and this and that and the other. Like, um, is there a uh, a part of your brain that compartmentalizes like your artistry versus your songwriting for other people? Like, do you know when you're writing something that like, oh, this is like this is a jizzle song? As uh, as compared to like, oh, I should maybe try to sell this one. Yeah, I do. Um, I feel like when 
I, I I'm usually in the studio with an artist, so then it's not super hard to differentiate. You know what I'm saying? But um, there are some songs where like I made it, and then I'm like, all right, well, shit, it would sound hard if you did it. And then you just kind of feel it. I think they feel it too. And then I, I think it's just like some things that have to be, you know, spoken from the horse's mouth. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I've never, that's never been my main concern. I feel like I'm always going to get to write my next best song. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm good today, but I'm going to be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just always my mind frame. So the goal is to get the music out out to the people so that, you know, it could do what it's supposed to do. Start some things up, create some change. And so I don't I don't hold any to onto anything too tight, but then I know what I might need to just, you know what I'm saying, keep. Mm-hmm. What is it about the last like couple of years or I mean I could be totally misjudging this but it seems like now you're taking a step to kind of step more into the the limelight as an artist and putting mm-hmm. out solo material. You've got what four tapes lined up? Yeah. Okay, so you already put out Seven Days in Atlanta. Seven Days in Denver. Seven Days in Denver. Is it out already? Uh, nope. Okay, but that's coming. Yeah, then we're going to drop the single on 420. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 5280. You heard it here first? Yeah, you and did. The, and Very then first the, time ever. <laughs> bang, bang. So now you get to hold me to it. <laughs> All right, yeah. You that's a, that's a t- that's a, <laughs> that's always the scary thing is like when you promise a date and then it gets to that date and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to get it out. I made yeah. a promise. yeah. And then uh, is the, are the other city? It's always going to be seven days in a certain city, right? So, uh, yeah, it'll be a project each quarter. Yeah, we go to a different city for for, for seven days, and then we'll make a an album or EP, seven songs, seven days. Yeah, and so I mean, Live, it, completely it, original music, a different executive producer every time. Atlanta seems yeah. to make sense because Atlanta is Atlanta, and Atlanta yeah. is fucking killing it right now. So like seven yeah. days in Atlanta, it seems like you go down there and get some music finished. But like, yeah. where did Denver come from? Don't worry about it. When you hear it, you gonna hear it. Really? No, let me tell you about Denver. Yeah, tell me about it. Because you know, I feel like what Denver has been able to do socially and politically over the past year and a half, two years, and and then if if you've really been doing the research in the past three, four years, then you kind of know where the next influx in culture is going to be. Because when there's uh, forward thinking happening politically, socially, it's bound to happen, and financially, economically it's bound to happen culturally are we talking about legalized weed or what are we talking about yeah in denver legalized weed yeah all that the whole thing what else are they doing politically what else are they doing politically out there i haven't been up on it in denver well mainly the legalized weed but from medically to recreationally and just that influx of economy right right? because they're getting so much tax money off that exactly so then you have you have the schools yeah. you have the entrepreneurs you have mm. all the creatives going down there to create some things and i and i just felt like that's important to not only acknowledge but to create a relationship with mm. and it was just a you know things come to you and then you got to learn to trust yeah. yourself and execute and i went down there and i had the most amazing time and then i made like amazing music really like it's crazy, and so when it when and it's like you made this in Denver, right? And it's like yeah, it's popping down there. I'm going back for 420. Did you know anybody out there? Nobody. H- how'd you navigate? Yeah, how, I mean, who'd you who'd you hey, find? Man, God, God's my 
Really? And God's my manager and the universe is my agent. Well, really but do you is. take a team out with you? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I took my team, of yeah. course. We went out there. We didn't go, like, but we, we, right. we booked a studio. Yeah. We got an Airbnb. You know, I brought my engineer. I brought the executive producer of Seven Days in Atlanta. Rob Holiday. I brought my producer and DJ, uh, C. Gutter, who did Seven Days in Atlanta. He executive produced Seven Days in Atlanta. Yeah. And then uh, we left the rest up to chance, and it worked out. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Lizzie Brody, who did a great job of being our liaison. Every city will have a liaison, but we didn't. We didn't really know anybody in Denver, so we didn't have Lizzie before we got there. But once we got there, we met her and we it. clicked up and made made everything happen. It was popping. Now, as far as the concept of the project goes, it's called Seven Days in Denver. But did you spend a few days out there before the official seven days started to nope. figure it out? Or are you just like, that was nope. it? One week? One week. Really? Everything. Make the music in one week. Yeah. I didn't hear no beats before. Really? I didn't do anything. Where did the inspiration for this come from? Like this kind of like mental project, it seems like. I came up I, I, I came up with the idea in the studio uh, in June 2016. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to like, oh, it would be so crazy. Like, we go make an album. Because I make like, when I go in the studio, if my average is like three songs a day. Right. Like, and that's just, I'm going to do that regardless. And uh -huh. sometimes it's full songs, it's hooks or whatever, but three solid ideas a day. Yeah. So that's just what I'm working with. But sometimes I go and I'll do like 10 songs in a day. Wow. And I'll do like, you know what I'm saying? So I never know if the vibe is right, then I could like, I could do whatever. And I just feel like it was important. Like if I could just create the vibe, at that time I was around super dope people my yeah. sister pj who signed to atlantic and my videographer and brother nick bardo who does like all of my content like he was there it was like my first time meeting him and i was like bro we could make this album this thing this tv show it's yeah. like we could do it in seven we could do it yeah and at the time i was still like oh we could pick an artist any artist and that's what i want to do and then i was just like well I'll be the artist then. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was the and catalyst. Kinda it was did like, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was just, and then, you know, with music, I just had to, for, for me, because I've been doing it for a long time. Everybody yeah. asks me these things, and I'm doing all these interviews now, and I kind of got to, damn, go back and kind of retrace my steps and everything. I'm like, I got to find something I could be passionate about, something I could do for the next 10 years. Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Right. Easy. Maybe a little longer, you know? So when I thought about the Seven Days Project, I thought, like, you know, that's something I could do for 10 years. It kind of encompasses everything that I love. People and food and dance and travel and music and just, like, to have these, this relationship commemorated with this project. With right. each and every city that I go, go to, that's it's special, you know? It's not like... It's not just rapping for the sake of rapping or, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's deeper than money. It's deep. It's deep. It's a real passion project. It is. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a beautiful description. Do you have ideas for the next cities? Yeah, we're doing we're doing seven days in Philly in June. Oh, 
And then we're doing seven days in LA this year. I thought it was just, I thought it would be good to just That's the that's gotta be culminate. the crescendo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the end of this year. So it'll yeah. be a project, like I said, every quarter. I got family out in Philly, I'll have them bring you some cheesesteaks or something. Hey, that's what's up. Know. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We say where we're going. My, like, my hey, cousin hey, shout hey, out hey. my cousin Tyler, real T Mokovitz on, Come on, on Instagram. Tyler. He's, a, he's a photographer. We're gonna pull shoot. up. Come yeah. on, baby Tyler. <laughs> we're gonna be looking for you, baby. It's a family affair, you Let's do it. That's what it's about. And then so nah, it's so excited and it's just like every time as people as the awareness grows, like more people want to get involved. Mm-hmm. And then that's what it's about. It's like it's like we're going and making it for the people, with yeah. the people. And right. sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't. You know, with Denver, I knew it was gonna be one of those things that made sense to nobody until after it's done. But don't right. worry about that. Right. When I heard when I heard that it was like it was like I said, seven days in Atlanta. <laughs> Perfect sense. Yeah, I heard seven days of Denver. I went. Isn't it still snowy there? Like, yeah. What, like, what's Trying to actually, you know what? Uh, we were praying for it to snow. Really? Snow one time. Really? The day we left, it came down uh, all white. You probably don't see a lot of snow, or what? No, I don't. Yeah. I, uh, well, I mean, I'm like Big Bear and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Like I've been, but like I've seen snow in my lifetime. But right. I just like, dang, I'm being Denver. It's gonna snow. I'm gonna shoot the crazy. Photos and the right, all white right, with right. the snow with the right. we went crazy. Don't worry about it. Shout out to Denver, fifty two eighty Mile High City. Uh. They showed me super duper love, and uh, I just want to yeah, just thank you know my liaisons for showing me around the city. It was crazy. Do you perform a lot? You get out performing. Uh yeah, I do. I'm doing more shows now. Yeah. Uh, I just did South by where I did like six or seven shows. How did that go? It went amazing. Yeah. I'm actually performing with Lupe tomorrow, I think. Oh uh, really? At the Noble, yeah. Oh, I think we're sick. gonna do jump, so sick. it's gonna be tight. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, because I were I wonder about that, like being as much of a studio head as you are, like if it's one of those things where you where you have gotten to have that time performing on stage uh if, yeah. if it's something that comes natural to you etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah i used to perform a lot like starting out yeah. you know when you're writing you know, getting I your time less and yeah. like but yeah I, I love performing really it's exciting yeah i'm well, not a bad performer I'm, you know, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to get better right i don't but think you would be I'm bad not, at it but yeah, that's for sure. i'm not a bad one so i i enjoy it i love it like those are that that's it though you know like yeah everything else in between and you know um I love people, so I don't mind interviews and connecting with people. I know, like, some people don't like it, but... Yeah, it's some people love it, some people hate it. I mean, it's one of those things I try to make the interviews as, like, um, revealing without being invasive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, bug any... I, I'm I'm basically, I'm out here trying not to Ebro it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking talk shit about my Shout guests. Shout out to Ebro. He just premiered Melanin today. I, I like that. <laughs> I, I do love that song, <laughs> but... But now nah, e- stop bullying people, Ebro. No. Yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> you know, some everybody has, and I, you know, maybe I haven't ran into that yet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, I've actually kind of been in the situation where I might have bullied a few people. I'm sure, but I didn't mean to. Right. It was just be like, come on, bro, you got to do your homework. You asked me to be here. Well, and that's kind of the thing is <laughs> I don't, I don't think you're gonna run into anybody bullying you because you already like the proof <laughs> is in the pudding. Like you already have like a huge portfolio of work you know what i mean whereas yeah. some of the young artists who they pop off and have one song i, I get it like a, an old yeah. interviewer's like um instinct is to be like well what do you know about nas young man you know what i mean it's like ah who cares yeah that's just my opinion who knows yeah nah, no. but anyhow uh jizzle this was cool i i, I think it's over 
I mean, I, I think we've been going like almost an hour already. Oh, yeah, probably. We could do this all day. I know. It's very easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been doing pretty much an hour. Right. So, um, I, I guess, like, uh, t- tell me about future plans, like your goals that you're putting in, that you're putting out there. Like, do you see yourself, like I said, continuing to step out more into the limelight as an artist? Or, um, I know you're always going to be in the studio, but do you think you're going to spend more of your time in the studio working on your uh, on stuff for you? Or is it going to be just continuing to kind of like whatever happens, happens? Nah, man, Jizzle here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm 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 going to. I know I'm gonna. I'm just yeah. gonna f- focus on uh, my artistry. Yeah. I'm always gonna be a songwriter. I'm a writer at heart. I'm gonna write all types of things, you know, music, uh, books, blogs, like, you know, uh, being a writer, that's just something in you. Mm-hmm. There's always gonna be something to express. My, um, my immediate goals are to kind of create the music and the atmosphere um, in this industry and uh, push what I feel like, well, just to relay my message, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the things that I can't readily get out through an, another vessel, you know, um, that that's my immediate focus and to, to, uh, continue to kind of break down barriers for people who look like me, that sound like me for the unconventional, uh, person who's talented. It might not, it might not seem like this is the way it's supposed to go. I feel like, because I started so early that kind of opened it up, you know, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for a lot of people to where, you know, you're not like, oh, well, girls can't write raps for boys and they can't do none of that. And right. Like, you know, I think I think we dispelled all those rumors and we started that early. So I feel like it's just important for me to kind of just to continue to develop and in, in, in the forefront, like in the public eye. And yeah. so you know that you don't, have to be one thing you know what right. i'm saying like because i'm not i love that statement that you don't have to be one thing and i also love the statement you said a second ago about wanting to be a representative for people who look like you talk like you etc cetera, etc cetera. so you've probably already experienced to some extent where like journalists are going to have this narrative about you about like what you mean to the lgbt com- yeah, Q- like community and right like, like yeah, that's yeah. going to be like the headline like oh queer rapper you know what i mean yeah, yeah we've seen how it. do you feel about that and like how are you going to deal with that throughout your career moving forward because I, I just don't think it matters like i i, I and I, i'm not on some like oh i don't see color shit like i'm just saying like <laughs> to me uh, uh to me like for journalists to latch on to that to give the elevator pitch of like oh she's a queer rapper who wrote for guys like it's just so simple and it doesn't really look at the artistry at all so well i think it speaks more to to them than me right <laughs> and i feel like uh just knowing how just knowing who I am, I don't mind, you know, I feel like people are going to put you in, in boxes to kind of, they have to digest you somehow, Mm. you know what I'm saying? And I don't mind how you digest me, whatever it takes to get me Mm -hmm. in your world and your realm. And then, you know, you can hear things like this where you get to really know me and kind of understand, like, that's the last thing we're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, I don't I don't I don't mind that. I've always considered myself just jizzle. Always. Even when I used to go by Lady G. So anybody listening, go do your research, you can do your little thing and and then you'll know where I came from, but I've always just kind of felt like who I am and not like what I do. Right. Who I'm around or who I'm associated with, mm-hmm. what I've done. 
I don't, I don't, how I look, those things are not me. Like I am Mm -hmm. who I am. And if you take half the time to kind of get to know that, then you'll understand everything that I'm about. And those are not going to be like your first adjectives when you use to describe me, you know? And so... I'm always be just a jizzle. I don't, I don't feel like just a female rapper. I feel like, you know, you could put me in a room with anybody, any one person, I male, female, anything gonna, they want to be, transgender, LGBT, right, anything. Right. And Come you're, see and you're, me. And you're going to chew their food in a battle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it's just like, but if you need that to digest that, you got to understand I went through this already. Right. I battled all the boys and that's all they could do. Right. You're good for a girl. Right. And I get that. But that's the, you know, that's where we at. So when I realize that's not true, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then you move on to the next thing. And I, I don't I don't mind it at all because it's really for all the journalists and the blogs and everybody who thought it was dope to tell my story. Like, I think that's that's an honor for them to even take the time. Yeah. Because you got to think about how many people in this in the, in this world that they are. How, how much pressure they get from whoever, whatever, to tell whatever story might be important for the time and for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't take any of that for granted. So if you have to have a weird-ass headline, I'm not tripping. Right. The people who are going to read it, that's who it was for. Because if you come to do a story on me, you can't really do nothing that's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so when they read it, they'll get the truth, and then we'll get to, like, the real things and not the surface things. Right. And so, you know. Right. I know, I'm all zinned out on the joint. I, I'm trying to not be. You want to see the thug? What's up, Lee? <laughs> right. You want to see the thug? <laughs> uh, you, uh, one last question that we'll kind of wrap up on. You um, uh, spoke a little bit about Denver's uh progressive politics um we're living in a fucking crazy era right now like i the last eight years have been fairly chill and and we're in we're on onto some some new uh um i don't know some other shit yeah some other shit like you find yourself (laughs) being um more politically active lately or or more outspoken about politics than previously or do you you know what i mean like how how are you coping what what's your self-care like well, my thing is I, I try not to act like I'm well-versed on things that right. are not all the way well-versed. Mm-hmm. I have ideas and thoughts on uh, reality and perception mm-hmm. and what you welcome into your world and mm-hmm. what, what the world is about. You know, I feel like uh, just to give a general message for anybody who might be listening to this and trying to figure out their place and whatever's going on because you never know you know and unless you really want to take the time to educate yourself on it then i don't feel like you should speak like an expert on it Mm -hmm. but um what i feel like in my heart and like myself i feel like it's just important for everybody to find out what do what they feel comfortable with in terms of working on to develop, to make a difference in this world Mm. and in a micro way, like, you know, start with your immediate, Mm. let you be the change that you want to see. I know that's very cliche, but it's real, but no, it is. And you have to start there and, and then you'll see the ripple effect, you know? Uh, But generally on a macro scale, I feel like, 
destruction before the rebirth. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shit's got to get worse before it can get better. Exactly. And then the only way that you can ensure your sanity, your survival, however, if you want to make it dire, make it dire. That might be your thing. It might inspire you. Yeah, exactly. It might put the fire under you to do it. Make it a dire situation if you want. Mm. But the only way to get through that is for you to know, like, this is what happening. This was what's happening. And so you need to develop your skill mm-hmm. and hone your craft and focus on your gift and what you're good at and make people smile, make mm-hmm. people want to do their best and be a part of good things and great things. And, and no, no, nobody can like stop that. You know what I'm saying? No, no, despite what goes on, we all going to go through things, you know, like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't dodge that, but what you you could only tailor your response and develop a strong mindset to handle whatever may come at you. So, in uncertain times, I still have hope. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Hope is the most addictive drug on the planet. You know? Yeah, I mean. So, Jizzle, thank you for coming through. I appreciate it. Lee, thank you for having but me. Absolutely. Before we go, tell the people where they can find you online. Okay. Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, well, yeah, you can find me online. Uh, Jizzle, if you just type in G I Z Z L E, the SEO is strong. It's super strong, yeah, right? Just, Am I lying? It'll pop right strong? up. It'll pop like, right up. Yeah, but so everything. Your uh, SoundCloud's I am Jizzle. Yeah, all of my social media handles. I was gonna say yeah. it's I'm Jizzle. Yeah, it's uh, I M is in Mary G I Z Z L E. There you go. And uh, yeah, so yeah, if you just type in G I Z Z L E, you'll find me. Yep. Um, and so the way that I yeah. found you was well, that's a good question. Through the song Oh Na Na. Okay. Um, I just was like. I I scour through SoundCloud. I mean, okay. not SoundCloud. I, sc- I scour through um, Spotify. Five. Okay. And I just f- s- heard that, and I went, "What is this?" It reminds <laughs> me. It reminded me initially because of the beat. Um, it reminded me of um, uh, Six Foot Seven, a little bit. Like, yeah. Then, like, it has that. It got that little. It's got that little vibe to it in the background of the the oh no no no. But then, like, oh, right no, when no, you no. right when your voice kicked in, I went, "Oh shit! What is this?" And, <laughs> And the the hook is so catchy, and so that that yeah. led me to Seven Days in Atlanta, and Seven Days in Atlanta is a very easy to listen to nine tracks goes by fast. And you seven want, so is it seven? I thought it was not okay. It's only I'm, seven. I'll be, I believe you that it's seven, seven days. I'm, oh, seven songs. Seven days. Seven. That makes that makes more sense. Actually, but you know what? Denver is almost like ten songs, is and it? I don't know what to do because I'm like I'm like I gotta keep my seven strong. You know what I'm saying? You could, t- I don't know. I don't, that's a tough one because if they're 10 songs and they're all strong, like, why not keep them on? That was, no, no, that was yeah, all yeah. of a bar. That was all a bar. Yeah. There's 10 songs and they're all strong. Yeah, keep them on. Come yeah. on. I can't help it. <laughs> Let's go. We can't help it. We can't help it. Kind of neat. We're in here, right? We're in here, right? But yeah, it's a very easy to listen to project. As soon as it's over, you're just going to want to press play again. Um, and I, like, like I said, you're, you're, um, portfolio and your history as a songwriter already speaks loudly for itself and i think like now that you are um taking the opportunity to step into the limelight as a solo artist i think it's gonna um great things are gonna happen for you and i think like uh with your the aura that you emit you just you just can't help it you feel me you just can't help it 
Thank you so All much. Right. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming this is in. fun. I can't believe it's over already. I know. It goes by fast. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, you did tell me. The, that the, I, everyone goes, an hour? And I go, trust me. It's like, you're gonna. it's going to go fast. I'm like, an hour? That's it? You're right. <laughs> you can find Jizzle at I am Jizzle. And you can find us at Kinda Neat and YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat where you're going to see Jizzle perform. What are you going to perform? Oh, no, no, no. Fantastic. I, I, I requested that one personally. I feel like I want to, it was like me going to a junior high dance and be like, hey, excuse me, can you play this song? Because I was like, hey, I really want her to do this one. But, <laughs> um, so I'm excited to hear you perform that live. So go to youtube.com slash kind of neat where you're going to see Jizzle perform uh, Oh Na Na. And yeah, look at a bunch of other videos while you're there. And with that being said, that was Jizzle. I am Lee, and this was kind of neat. <laughs>